2.0. These are your two hosts. I'm David and this is Matt. Where are we today, Matt? Uh, we're in an earthquake uh, themed park. Earthquake Memorial Park. <laughs> it's a memorial, yeah, to the people who died in the um, Kobe earthquake. The Kansai earthquake. Yeah, the Hans- Hanshin earthquake, yeah. Um, and I would kind of equate this. A lot of people know Yoyogi Park in Tokyo. I'd say it's the most famous park in Japan. This is kind of like Kobe's uh, Yoyogi Park. We got people to our right. Some older ladies uh, playing Velcro ball, everyone's favorite Velcro ball. And, and some uh, girls singing, you can probably girls hear that in the singing, background. Singing, playing the guitar, got guys skateboarding to our left, and just generally people congregating and hanging out. Um, it's a really nice park. It's a really nice park. Yeah, kind of fight to find like a good, this is the quietest spot we could find. This is the second park we came to as well. It's a Saturday, the weather's really good, people are out. Yeah, you're gonna get all the sounds. Yeah, the sounds but of. Uh, we had a lot of good feedback Kobe. in the first episode when we were on the beach. People like that. I heard good things. So. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the one that's more. Uh, I like quiet podcasts. Yeah, you like but, quiet. Yeah, I like the quiet. I like to hear people's voices, and mm. you know, it's a little creepy. It is. Stop creeping me out. I'm oh, sorry. So, what are we here today to talk about? Well, today we're talking about record shops, and uh, Japan is pretty famous for record shopping if um, if you're into that sort of thing and uh, we're gonna tell you a little bit about the culture surrounding record shopping in in Japan yeah I think it's the episode when we sat down to like conceive this podcast sorry right now episodes we knew we wanted to do I think record shopping was in like the first five we just knew we had to do it it's a thing if you like records I don't know why but I guess we're here to tell you why but like I don't know know how long it started to go or everyone back home like you think about record shopping around the world japan is this place where it's a destination for record shopping yeah you go into a record shop in los angeles and there's often a poster that says like uh san francisco la new york tokyo it's always a presence in any record shop uh i mean i and i think japan has always had this connection to music that Especially with Western music, that um, that has yeah propagated this idea of Japan being a record mecca, yeah. which which it is. A lot of record labels will have shops, you know, in London or New York or LA, and the only other place besides like their home city that they'll have record shops will be in Japan. Or they'll have a website in English, and the only other language it'll be in besides English is Japanese, which is interesting because you know Japanese isn't like the second most spoken language in the world, or it's not hugely populated country I think there's like 120 million people um, so I think that just shows you that there's a special love and the consumers are buying records here still yeah I, it's physical media is still widely accepted yeah. in Japan so like in, in the states we all we just download things on iTunes or Amazon and uh, the record shops are dying. I, I think recently there's been a spike all over the world in, in record sales, 
But um, I hear people talk about it a lot. I haven't like seen the hard numbers, but that's the only form of media that's rising back home in the states. So. Well, I think the the thing that tells the uh, the story the most is that more record shops are opening up. Yeah. And uh, here in Japan, that's that's definitely happening. Found a new one today. Yeah, and uh, maybe it was there before, but you <laughs> know, told me they're, they're only open on weekends. That's probably why I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. they've been open for yeah. a year. Um, but I think Matt. But a year is still pretty recent. Yeah, Matt hit the answer. I was going to tease it out a bit more, but the reason why I think uh, record shopping is a big deal. If you go back and listen to our live music episode, I talked about how like a lot of artists will make special songs just for Japan. Because people are spending 30 bucks on CDs here still. And I think the way they make people feel better about that is, hey, we'll give you one special song that only you're going to get on actual physical reviews. You didn't know that? Well, no, no. I, I know that. But uh, it, I, something just dawned on me. Yeah. I, like, vinyl records are actually cheaper than the CDs, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I just bought a record last week of a newer band. I'm going to see soon, 21 Pilots. And I feel kind of guilty. Like, it was like... Thirty-three dollars. I'm just like, man, that's so expensive. Like, I could have just probably bought it for nine dollars on iTunes, and then I saw the CD for twenty-nine dollars, and I was like, oh, it's three bucks more it's for like the, the vinyl. Price. Like, it's not bad. Like, yeah, CDs are so expensive here. I don't have the answer why, except that people will pay that money and that they appreciate media. But yeah, I suppose it's a way to support somebody that you listen to, but I don't know if that's necessarily the reason. Maybe it's like a, there's a collecting culture here as well, and it's like collecting and having, you can show that off on your countertop. That might be desk. it. It might be the, <laughs> the, uh, a pack rat culture I, where people they're... just want to collect collect yeah. media or collect things. But the thing is people have like small houses, you know, there's not a lot of space. Um yeah, I don't know. I have a very small record collection here in Japan, and I feel like it's taken up a lot of room. <laughs> yeah. And in my apartment. Well, it's the same with everything. Any, like you were saying, any kind of media. We talk about magazines a lot, or books, or our next episode. DVDs, Blu-rays. It's going to be about this kind of a lot, but yeah, you'll find yeah, VCR shops, and yeah, it's just incredible, the appreciation for different mediums. Maybe it's because a lot of them were made here. You know what I mean? Laser discs were made here, and... Yeah, maybe. Panasonic and those companies make them. Yeah, maybe that was the starting price, you know. Yeah. Like uh, CDs were really expensive and they just never found a reason to bring down the prices. We're asking a lot of questions and giving you little answers. Yeah, but yeah. to be honest, I don't think there is an answer. And I think it's all, everything that we just question, you put those together and that, that is the answer. You know, it's a little bit of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something I'm always thinking about and... I, I don't know. It's a place for me because I, I like physical media a lot still. I like analog things. And there is something to be said about streaming music and having Spotify and the ease of that. But um, I think, yeah. There's something about listening to records, having, huh. the, having the, the sleeve in your hand, you know, and being able to look at the artwork and uh, having to get up and move, uh, move the needle or, you know, uh, flip sides. I mean... There's something magical about records, and people have said that records sound better than CD mm. or digital. Um, uh, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I, and neither I, of us I have the uh, sound system, and I think very few people actually do our audiophiles that I have, you know, high quality cables. and. Yeah, we are not audiophiles, yeah. you know. my. I have a portable record player that I, I plug into a computer, yeah. computer speaker, so we're not audio audio heads but um 
But I mean, we have an appreciation for the medium. The quote for me that sums up why I like records is when you put a record on, it's in the foreground. Any other media for me, a CD, digital, the music's in the background of what I'm doing. Uh, Matt and I were just talking about, I actually am not crazy about buying singles. And as I got into record collecting, I didn't really realize that a lot of records, especially hip hop, are singles over the full album. And I kind of came from a rock background growing up. My parents listened to a lot of rock and Rolling Stones and the Beatles and all that. And I get kind of annoyed by, number one, the price, paying like $10 for one song, but also just the annoyance of just three minutes and then I have to flip it over and get up and do something. Um, despite that paradox of that, my favorite part about listening to records is that I have to give it my full attention and listen to it in a way that I wouldn't uh, with any other form of media. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Uh, I, I've been collecting records for well over probably about 20 years almost. Um, and yeah, there's just nothing like it. I mean, it might be slightly psychotic, <laughs> you know, mm. like a compulsion. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I've always been a collector. I've had a collector's mentality, you know, so mm. I was collecting comic books before I started collecting records. And, um, you know, I've had other collections, toys and things like that. So this is an interesting discussion that, what is your definition of a collector? Because for me, collectors, I don't know if negative connotations, that's too extreme. But to me, a collector buys things not to listen to them or not to play with them or use them, but just to have them on the shelf and feel good about that. I think the definition uh, works both ways. Mm -hmm. I think that you could say a collector is somebody that keeps things in the box, keeps it in mint condition yeah. and just appreciates having it. Uh, but I think also uh, I mean, my type of collecting is if I buy something I should take it out of the box and, and ex have the experience with it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, I don't believe in buying like toys and just keeping them in the wrappers in, in hopes that they'll be valuable. Yeah. You know, I buy a record that I want to listen to and I'll, I'll put it on and then I listened to it. Um, now, that being said, I have bought boxes of records <laughs> that I probably never listened to again because they weren't that great. Mm -hmm. But um, that's another part of like record shopping is sometimes you buy things that are surprises, and yeah. you're looking for that happy accident. You know, you that's... find you buy a record and you're like, well, this is a wild card. That's it might it. be good. It might not be good. Yeah. The cover is awesome, or the cover is lame but it, the name of the songs are really good. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I think you have to experience the sour to fully appreciate the sweet, if you know what I mean by that. Like, if you just went out, if you can preview everything and listen to it and then buy it, you know it's gonna be good and there's not a lot of reward in that. But when you're risking it and you have to wait till you get home on an hour long train ride and you're like, man, I spent $10 on this and I'm just judging it off the cover that looks cool and is it going to be good or not? It's so much sweeter, you know, when it is good. Because maybe I have bad taste or something, but I would say if I buy five albums not knowing much about them, just looking at the year and the art, I would say for me, one in those five is, or two are going to be really good. I think that's pretty, pretty Similar good. To you? Yeah, yeah. I think after a while, and especially once you've been record shopping for a long time, you start to get tells. Yeah, you know. And so you see like a cover and you're like, oh, well, this this year, lots of crappy records were made. So I'm not going to buy anything from 1983 or... Yeah. or you got to um, know your record labels yeah, and producers. You know the labels, and... you get to know like the, yeah, the people who work on the records and 
you, yeah, that's usually what um, what makes it worthwhile. Mm. You know, otherwise, if you just buy things based on the covers, yeah, you're going to get a lot of disappointment. Uh, sometimes it works. I think we've given a really good overview to like why records are awesome, but you know, we're Japan 2.0. What about record shopping in Japan? How is that? You know, unique or like why is it so famous? We talked about how it's a thing, but how is the experience do you think overall? Well, I think there's no better place to buy records. Wow, that's and a pretty um, big statement. Yeah, I think it's much better than uh, California, where I'm from, and and California is great. We have swap meets, we have flea markets, we have um, all sorts of places where you could get, get records. Yeah. But the issue is that they're usually of lower quality. Like, mm. for example, if you go to a thrift store and you buy records for a dollar, then you get come back home and it might be scratched to pieces or it might have dirt in the grooves, you know? I mean, it's just, you could get lots of records that are a mess. People don't take care of the records that well. Yeah. Uh, here in Japan, the records are in pristine condition and rarely do I find I get a record with a skip or a scratch or uh, anything like that uh, the records are beautiful yeah. and people take care of the, the sleeves and people take care of the cover art I mean that's a great point that's across the board we're talking about all different kinds of media right when you buy like an old video game system you're going to get the same kind of quality right so, yeah, Japanese people, it's a generalization, but they really do take care of their, their stuff. But, and even if there's a nick or something, they'll, they'll so, discount it so much yeah. that it's worth buying. You know, for, let's say one song is scratched. Mm. The rest of the record's probably fine. The thing that amazes me is that you'll pay a dollar or two dollars for something, and they'll still have, like, the obi on it. You know what an obi is? Oh, the... The belt. The little okay. belt thing. Yeah. Um, goes back to, like, uh, kimono, right? Um, but or same any the booklet will still be inside brand new like wrapped with the cardboard the mailing subscription to something that doesn't even exist anymore like all that stuff still included still kept perfect condition and it's the dollar version you know the, in the discount bin it's not something you're paying 20 bucks for yeah it's um, yeah the condition's incredible and another thing that makes Japan special is the sheer amount oh, I mean if you go to the yeah if you go to the big cities yeah. they're there are so many record shops that most people, if you come for two weeks, or a week or two weeks, you're not going to have enough time to see them all. There's no. almost no way. I would say in Osaka alone, there's more record shops than there are in all of Michigan right now. I mean, Michigan's a place of Motown, and I wasn't super into the vinyl game when I was living back in Michigan, but I have to imagine in the, like, the Detroit area, there's maybe 10 to 20 record shops total. And in one district, Shinsaibashi in Osaka, there's, I don't know, 50 off the top of my head. And I keep finding more. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's times where I'll just go into another neighborhood and I find another record shop and I'm like, man, I can't believe this is here. Yeah. Sometimes it's in the neighborhoods that I'm, I've am i been in, yeah. you know, through to buy records all the time and I'll find a new record shop like that I never noticed before. Today we went in Kobe. I live here. I'm out here a couple times a week. We found two new record shops. Probably one that I walk by all the time. You know, I just it just never just noticed it. Notice yeah. it. Um, so yeah, you're right. There are you know, incredible. I don't Tokyo. I don't know what the number is, but it's, it's, I would fathom that Tokyo might have more than all the U.S. alone. So I remember one of my the first things that uh, tipped me off about the record shopping in um, Japan was 
I was in the uh, record shopping in California, and somebody was saying that they sent a whole bunch of records to Japan. And somebody was asking them, well, why, why do you do that? And he said that in the 80s, people used to, the Japanese companies used to come over mm. and buy whole freights yeah. full of records and just ship them over to Japan. And, um, and it's got to be true. Yeah. I've heard the story a couple of times I've heard in different it places. For clothing, vintage clothing as well. Yeah, I used to like size small back home because I'm a smaller guy. And I went to a vintage shop in Michigan once, and I asked like, "Man, why don't you ever have smalls?" Like, I've been to Salvation Army, Goodwill, the kind of nice shops. There's never smalls. He's like, "You know who has all the smalls?" And I was like, "Ooh!" I was just thinking of some skinny guy or something, some famous celebrity. He's like, "Japan, that's you." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." They came out in the '80s and bought all the smalls from everywhere. I mean, yeah. When you come out here, you see nothing but size small shirts, and I kind of believe that guy. I don't know, but yeah, yeah same with the records, right? It has to be true because yeah. there, there's so many records, and there's so many records from the states. Um, yeah. It's just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you, you, anywhere you go, you can find, you know, if if you come over here thinking oh, the record shops are gonna only have um, Japanese records, well, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's totally it's the opposite. The opposite. Matt and I love Japanese records and we're in the minority. We usually have like 30 to go through and there'll be a couple hundred or a thousand uh, American records. Yeah, I mean, if you like classic rock or psychedelic or um, blues, jazz, you're gonna love it. Funk, soul. I mean, uh, there are records out here. I I used to collect a lot of funk and soul records and lately I've kind of cooled on it just because of the expense and. uh, And I'm sure I'll get back into collecting those records again eventually. But um, some of the records that they have out here are really rare. Like, and I see them at multiple places, and I, I can't believe that I'm seeing some of these records. It's one of those things that the first time I went into a Japanese record shop, I'd go through a crate and I'd look and I'd go, man, I've looked all over for this Don Thompson record or this James Brown record. It was just stuff you don't see anywhere else. Let's talk about pricing, because right away when you said, I actually was surprised to hear that I don't know why now but I guess after hearing you say why but you said Japan is the best in the world how are the prices compared to back home I think the prices are comparable yeah um, not too bad um, they do have more r- rare records so it is easy to go into a record shop and start digging through and noticing that oh wow that's $50 or you know 4,500 yen or so some of the prices can be a little bit higher mm-hmm. and um a lot of times these guys specialize in first presses or like original presses. Yeah. So sometimes you'll find original press stuff that's, you know, the prices are bonkers. You just, you would never want to pay those prices. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you w- wouldn't just get second press, you know, and save yourself $300 or whatever it is. it wasn't the one that was there <laughs> in the 60s, man. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, I think prices are reasonable. Yeah. Um, Thinks on the whole the same as we pay back in the states, or a little bit more, a little bit less. I would say slightly inflated, and the only reason is because um, you know they're they're getting these from the states. They're import goods, shipping so fees. the shipping fees and stuff all factor into it. Um, I, I would say uh, things like come down in price every once in a while. I think genres come down in price. Uh, both you and I collect hip hop, yep. and uh, the hip hop prices have come down yeah, quite a bit. Like hip hop is discount bin, really cheap right now. See actually, hip hop. But I mean, there's going to be a time where the hip hop prices are going to go back up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, once 
certain mu- music's come into vogue again. Sure. Um, did you get Kukan? Uh, it sounded like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's kind of ironic. I want to go back to, like, there's not as many Japanese records as there are Western records. And to some people, that might be obvious because maybe the Japanese recording industry isn't as big as, you know, the States or London or something like that. And then also I want to hit on, like, Japanese records aren't much cheaper and sometimes I actually think they might be more expensive than their Western counterparts. Have you found that to be true at all? Uh, yeah, I think it depends on the demand of the record, though. You know? So I'm going to talk about, like, I'm more into new, new records or still modern bands, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll find that a, like a Japanese new release here will be about 40 bucks. And the typical price for like an American band new release will be anywhere from 25 to 35 And I think that's bonkers because, like you said, they have to import it over. Right now, the yen is weak. So let's say an album costs 20 bucks in the States. It's actually going to be the equivalent of 30 here, 25 or so. Um, my theory is it has to come down to the record plant. I heard that there's only one place in all of Japan to press vinyl. It's out in Yokohama, outside of Tokyo. One to two, I've heard varying uh, reports. My guess is maybe that's why, that there's only this one place that does it? Or I don't think that's the case. I no. think what it is is it's just the... Um, consumption of uh, physical media people are willing to pay pay the higher prices Mm. and I think that um, because a lot if you wanted to press something really cheap you just go to California or Germany or something you know like there's no reason not to press your record in another country and just have it shipped Mm. I mean that might contribute to higher prices once it gets here but um, I don't think most people from what I've heard the the um, actual vinyl plants uh, pressing the records yeah. in Japan um, press at like the they're not good for hip hop or they're not good for rock because they press on that, that real thick heavy vinyl mm-hmm. which is best for like high tones like, like 180 grams like, that yeah, yeah yeah about? exactly yeah. and um, uh, those records are typically better for like classical music or jazz or something that has like a, violins or mm-hmm. guitars you know and a lot of like rock records and you know fuzzier like garage band you wouldn't want to go to that plant to do that you'd go to a place in london yeah. or you go to a place in like california and then you press on like a real thin piece of vinyl that's mm. a little more flexible that's interesting. Well, I, I don't know if that's true i always either, like the thick know, vinyl but, yeah. out of arrogance or ignorance sorry uh, because I, it just seems like it's gonna last longer it seems more deluxe to me but i didn't know that there's uh, advantage to the flimsier one. Yeah, yeah. It's the depth of the grooves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figure if it's thicker, then the, the grooves could be deeper, and that's, that's better, no? Uh, I guess that's not the case. Yeah. 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 Interesting. But, Is there anything else you want to hit on, like, just the general scene out here, before we start to kind of break it down more, like, by location? Well, I would say that, like, record shopping, if you do want a record shop, you should go to the major cities. Um, Tokyo has a lot of record shops. Osaka has a lot of record shops. Um, I've heard there's record shops in Yokohama and uh, and here here in Kobe, there's yeah. quite a few record shops. Yeah. Um, I would stick to major cities yeah. if you're coming to visit. Uh, if you live here, you might find like in shopping arcades, like old shopping arcades, there might be CD, used CD places. I think, would you agree that, I think, 
not the most, but the highest quality. My favorite place to go record shopping is Kyoto. Mm. Just for like, there's not a, a ton out there. Maybe there's a little more in Kobe, I think. Uh, but not as much as Osaka, and obviously not as much as Tokyo. But for me, I, something about those shops, each one's kind of unique and has its own vibe. Well, I, I would say the atmosphere in Kyoto is unique. And I think... <laughs> as, as a whole? Or the well, yeah, shopping? I mean, just yeah. as a whole. But yeah, yeah. I think even the um, record shops are, have a more laid-back, yeah. um, appealing aesthetic to them. I don't know. It feels a little more... Uh, They're more likely to have, like, like a couch in there, I feel like, in Kyoto. And they invite you to kind of... I feel a more comfortable to just hang out in those shops and... They're a little more laid back. That actually hits on something I wanted to bring up with just the general view. Uh, Matt and I lived in Korea before, and we did the Two Korea Mondays podcast. And Korea's uh, record shop owners kind of made me realize that there's some real jerk record shop owners out there. And not always. But we had some of the nicest guys sit down with us and get excited to show us Korean music, too. But there's a couple places I went to where I felt so unwelcomed in Korea. Yeah. And I'm sure this happens back home. To be honest, I've just gone to kind of the, the bigger shops back home, Amoeba Records and uh, California, uh, Waterloo Records in Austin, Texas. And I've gone to the more like indie, indie kind of famous places. And yeah, they're a little pretentious, but I never feel like I need to rush being in there or anything. But there are some places, I'll call out this place in Hongdae, New Japan Records. I think it's called Japan New Records. Mm. Uh, I think the guy trip, like said, if, you, if you're just looking, like, get out of here kind of thing to me. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and what do you think about Japan? I, I mean, I know the answer, but I, want, I just want you to say it. Like, how are the record shop owners? How's the vibe? You feel pretty inviting. Yeah, I think um, if you go anywhere in the world, you're going to find uh, pleasant record shop oh, yeah. owners and, and some that are a little less pleasant. Um, I think in Japan... Japan has a pretty good track track record. For the most part, most of the guys are really cool. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had a couple of times where I've been in shops where either they were really nervous that mm. I was in there because they didn't speak any English yeah. or they were just really serious people, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've had a couple of experiences where it wasn't the most friendly. Yeah. You'd, so I think there's a record shop I love and you love too and it's awesome truly because of the amount of turnover they get but King Kong for me actually like the workers there I mean it can vary you might get a nice girl who's working there but and they have like a lot of like, these punk rock guys wearing these stupid leather jackets and they're man they don't look at me in the eyes it's totally not normal Japanese service and they'll be kind of I don't think it's like get out of here it's just pretentious I, like they're like too rock and roll too punk rock to to like look at me in the eyes and say thank you yeah in Osaka there's about four or five places that I always consider like time should bomb. I go there time yeah. bomb is kind of like that too. time bomb's yeah. definitely that way and um even vinyl chamber like I like the guy in there really? but yeah oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. he's, he's alright but like um I asked him once about a um a record that was on I thought it was on his website yeah and then he said no that's not my my website and then he got real grumpy about it and I was like well do you have this record and it, the like thought like didn't even dawn on him you know he is, I mean, he is grumpy by email I've had to write him before he writes in English like on there's different Discogs. places the vinyl chamber they're different places yeah vinyl chamber on Discogs is different from vinyl chamber and, and that's what he yeah, was uh, reprimanding you about yeah, yeah. Ah, well yeah. the online one's grumpy too well, they're both grumpy. Chamber. Uh, like I don't know. He name. might be the same guy. Yeah. But he just might be a grump. <laughs> but um, 
So you think no different from anywhere else in the world? I don't think so, because, you know, in California, you could get some real pretentious people, like, and you could get some real grumpy people. Yeah. And you could get some downright jerks. I've had it at times where, like, people, you know, said basically, like, you know, don't look through the records. I had a, actually, I had, I, yeah, I, where the, if you're looking through the records, they're like, you know, what do you want? Yeah. And then if you, you say you're looking for this, we don't have it. And then, well, what are you supposed to do then? Are you supposed <laughs> to look through the rest of the records, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't like I don't like people like that. But luckily, my experience out here has been better. Yeah. You know? I will say that um, there's one place called Mint Records in Osaka. Yeah. And there's two, two of them. Uh, one is run by a younger couple and the other is run by an older couple. They might be related in some way. Just for me, which location? Uh, the one in uh, Denden Town. Yeah, yeah. And I, once I was looking through the records, and the guy said uh, I was too rough, oh. and he told me, he was like, "Don't do it like that." <laughs> and and I was like, "Well, how are you supposed to look through the records? Yeah. You know, he has them all packed in tightly. Yeah. You know, you gotta have to, you have to pull them up and see what they have, and then put it back." Man, yeah, because I went to a record fair here, and that's kind of where I learned like an, a more aggressive big style. Is because at the record fair, I saw everyone doing this crazy like slamming thing up and down ripping it up and slamming it down I just felt like oh man I, I guess that's alright because in Japan people take care of things like we said and they're generally kind of passive so I was always kind of gentle with the records and once I saw a bunch of people there doing it I was like alright I'm going to do that too well that's how you do it fast yeah yeah <laughs> well, but um record fairs you want to get in yeah record fairs yeah. are great I, I got one coming up in the summer I took a picture of for us yeah, yeah is yeah. it the one with the samurai on it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay right, yeah. yeah so if you guys come out to the <laughs> Osaka record fair uh I think it happens in, um, well, I don't know. I better not date it because it's, I don't know when this podcast is June, out. June or July. I'll put it in the show notes for us. There's one this month. Oh, okay. There's one. At, at the end of, uh, yeah, this month. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, it happens It happens like th- three or four times a year. Mm. And um, it is incredible. A bunch of record shops from all from over Japan. All over Japan come and they bring a bunch of records and they, they put it in this. It's not a big. It's not a big like convention center or anything, Uh, but they pack in a lot of records, Mm. and um, that's like one of the best places to go because um, a lot of new things that people have gotten show up on those uh, in those boxes. And David and I, we pick through these record shops in Kansai pretty well. Uh, We know what they have and. Uh, we always find surprises out there and find records we're looking for. Yeah, it's nice to have some outside shops coming in. and We like a certain genre called Shibuya K, which if you listen to us, you probably know about by now. But it's still pretty rare for people to be looking for those here. So once we kind of pick through the selection, uh, we get less motivated, I think, to hit back to the shops. Like, places like King Kong are always turning over pretty quickly, but my local Kobe places, you know, maybe once or twice a year. Yeah, the um, nice thing about record conventions is that, you know, you have such a concentrated uh, collection of records that you could go through a lot of what they have in Japan, you know, real quick. They are harder to find. It's hard to look them up online. Their conventions? Yeah, Yeah. but um, around the time this this podcast comes out, I'll post some photos from Mm. previous ones. And you guys, maybe somebody who could read Japanese can decipher more of it. I think the best advice I have, too, is like once you find a record shop you like, check out their flyers. Flyers are a big deal in Japan. Cafes and stuff that always have flyers promoting other places. 
Yeah, check out their flyers. You'll find like vinyl uh, maps of areas, and they'll put up all the record stores that they're like partnerships with, and uh, it's really useful. Find. I got the Kyoto map. Yeah, I've never seen for that. Uh, just for the podcast. Oh, so cool. I'll post I'll picture. post uh, photos for um, when this podcast goes live. Yeah. So I think it's time we take a break and we're going to come back at you with breaking down some of our favorite shops by region, right? Yep. Right. Let's go. Ready for some good music. Hopefully on vinyl. and get ready for a little Know Your Chain. You know, it's one of your favorite Japan 2.0 segments. Maybe it's the one we've done the most. Yeah, it's probably one we've done the, yeah. done the most because these are places that we visit all the time. Yeah. And right. it helps us stay healthy, wealthy, and wise. There you go. They're all over Japan too, so you don't have to just be where we are. And this is one that I found right away on my first vacations out here. I didn't know about it before I came to Japan, which is why I want to kind of bring it to you. And it's a clothing shop called Beams, B-E-A-N-S. And when I first walked into the shop, I didn't really realize it was going to be a place that I would love or like because they carry a wide variety of clothes. And uh, there's different kinds of Beams as well. There's a Beams Deluxe and Beams Street. Um, and some of the stuff they carry is very much like for rich, older men. And that's uh, while I might be getting older, I'm definitely not rich. So that's not really in my market. A lot of like suits and Americana, like Ivy style, and I think that's cool to look at, but um, it's not my price range or I'm not really interested in it. I think that's the special thing about Beams is it's a clothing shop that does like prep and they do punk and they do like hip hop and they don't do either of those things um, in the extreme, you know? It's kind of like a hybrid of all those things together. And I've always kind of like blending those three styles together. Personally. Would you say that it, it kind of personifies that the Japanese version of like urban clothing? Uh, I guess so. I I mean, you have to define urban. Like urban because, chic, yeah. you know. Urban like, chic, yeah. Because yeah. I think people hear urban and they think like pure hip hop. Um, yeah, yeah, urban chic. Like a city, uh, you know, I've talked about the magazine Popeye. I love that magazine. Their tagline is magazine for city boys. And I feel like Beams is a shop for city, city guys. Um, yeah, it's got... You know, it's, it's kind of like an expensive, nicer version of Uniqlo, I guess. Um, in that, whatever is big, like Star Wars right now, they have a bunch of cool one-off Star Wars stuff going on. Or, uh, just, yeah, brands from around the world. So they have their own brand, but they'll carry other brands like, uh, I like, like Cheap Monday or Nudies or European brands or some American brands as well. They'll carry just normal Nike or Van shoes there, too. So you could get a pair of jeans there for 50 bucks, or you could get a pair of jeans there for $400. And I, I guess I just kind of like that idea of like, come one, come all, a mixture 
of people, you know. You got college kids who could shop there, and you have very rich businessmen bumping elbows in the same space. I would say that it errs on the side of being expensive overall. Um, they might only carry one or two pairs of the $50 thing and a lot more of the expensive stuff. To be honest, I like to just go there and get ideas, and then I'll try to find that stuff cheaper or used somewhere else. Um, but main time I shop there is after New Year's, after Japanese New Year's. There's really, really good sales. Yeah, the and month of January. Month of January, mid to late January, uh, things go like 50 to 70% off. And to be, that's really the only time I'll shop there. But I'll do a, a pretty good amount. You know, I'll drop a good amount of money there during that month because it's the only time I can really afford to, to buy the stuff. So I have a question. Yeah. Uh, so Beams, there are different versions of Beams, right? There are yeah. different types of stores. Yeah. Which one would you say, like if somebody was coming to Japan and wanted to check out some of the Beams fashion, yeah. which one would be the one you'd recommend for like uh, the Japan 2.0 style? Yeah, it's boring, but the answer is just, just Beams. Just yeah. plain Beams. Yeah, there's a place called okay. Beams Lux. You don't want to go there. It's the really expensive That's one. That's the one with all the suits and stuff. Yeah. And there's one called B-Ming, M-I-N-G. It's a bad name. And that's like a really like cheap version. The competition to Uniqlo. It might be like 20 or 30 bucks more than Uniqlo. So you're looking at like uh, like $50 shirts and $80 pants. And yeah, that's all right. But I feel like to get the full Beams experience, you just got to go to the regular shop. Just call Beams. Every major city has a couple of them. Um, and every shop, one reason why I like it is every shop carries slightly different stuff. About 80% of it will be the same, but they do let every shop have their own unique thing. And it kind of, they represent the neighborhood. So if you're in Osaka and you go to the Beams and like Shinsaibashi, you're gonna get more like street, hip hop, punk kind of stuff. You go to the Beams and like Umeda, which is kind of a more uh, up and coming area, you're gonna get more of the preppy kind of stuff. Um, and we'll do a fashion episode eventually. And there's a lot of competitors of Beams that I also like to. There's, there's kind of like this whole genre here of, I guess, a Japanese interpretation of Americana on all different levels of you know, rock, hip-hop, preppy. So, yeah, Beams. Cool. Go, go check it out when you come here. I got to go. I need some jeans. All right. Check out Beams. All right. <laughs> See ya. Alright, we're back and we're gonna talk record shopping and uh, give away our biggest secrets basically. Yeah, we are giving away the biggest secrets. Um, we're gonna talk about our favorite record shops. Uh, in, I guess, you wanna do the three major, four, four cities? Uh, let's, let's just do this and then we'll do Tokyo, Osaka, and then you can choose Kyoto or Kobe, but I think we're both gonna choose Kyoto. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Tokyo first. Um, I just want to say one that's actually not my favorite, but I thought it was going to be my favorite, and that is a place I always forget the name of, which is... Disc Union? Disc Union, thank you. It's you thought that generic. would be your favorite? I thought it was going to be my favorite because it's legendary, and it's on a lot of blogs I read. It's like the shop to go to in Tokyo. For Matt and I, we love Shibuya K, and this is a place where like Shibuya K bands are like playing, and they'd be there like signing copies of their CDs, so it was kind of like a museum you know, for Shibuya K, and 
a lot of Japanese music from the 90s and late 80s. It's the exact same shop. It hasn't moved. It hasn't shut down. A lot of the other legendary shops have had to move or downsize. Um, so I went there with really, really high hopes, and it was all right. Like, we, I found some good stuff there. You know, I found Jimmy James for you. But to be honest, like, their Japanese selection, which is why I was going there, I felt it was just museum for the music I loved. It was pretty lacking. And I don't know, I read a blog recently, which makes me think I made a huge snafu. They claim that there's a third and fourth floor. I should send it to Matt. But we're pretty sure. I've been there three times, and I think there's only the floor I've been to, which isn't really that great. But I'm hoping there's more. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I've been there to that location a couple of times myself. And to be honest, I've been to other disc unions that I really like. Yeah. But um, that's not one of them. The yeah. Shibuya, uh, is it Harajuku? Uh, Shibuya. Shibuya, yeah, yeah. Shibuya, the Shibuya Disc Union. Yeah, it wasn't that great. So and, I want to get that one out of the way. Okay. But your favorite one is like just the building or two over. Yeah, so not far from there, um, there's a place called Reco Fan. Reco Fan, it's quite the place. Uh, Reco Fan is great if you like crate digging. So I'm it's not I, curated at all. Yeah, I'm from I'm from the old school where they, you know, people just pile records into crates and then you dig through them and you find something and you buy it. And um, uh, yeah, I find a lot of hidden treasures there, but you do have to dig. You have to go through all the records and they have a lot of boxes and you you look through a box and you're like, oh, I guess this might be uh, one genre, but you got to keep digging because you might find something out of place. They they do have some curated stuff like they'll have a section that's hip hop or a section that's house music or a section that's um, jazz or but funk it's not by era though is it but if you want to find the gems you got to go through their boxes and their boxes are in the middle of the room and it's just crazy yeah that uh, place you have so much potential it's really exciting to be in there but you need time and you need patience you, you need, need time like, back yeah you you're need, over. yeah <laughs> uh, but every time I go there I come out with at least mm. four or five records and uh yeah, and they're usually things I've been looking for. So, yeah, Reco Fan in uh, Shibuya. I went there on a trip right before you'd been out there recently, and I knew that would be... I didn't know it was going to be your favorite in Tokyo, but I was like, man, Matt's going to absolutely love this place. I mean, there's a lot of great ones. We were talking off the air about Coconuts, which is yeah. a, a runner-up for me. It's a great record shop. Specifically, I think it's actually a sub of um, this union. I'm not totally sure on that, but I think it is. I think there's more than one coconuts, but the one we like is the Kichi Joji one. Yeah. And that one's great. It's kind of hard to find, isn't it? Uh, a little bit. I but so, yeah. yeah, if you go to the Ghibli Museum, if you're traveling to Tokyo and yeah. you, you want to do that, you want to do some record shopping, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, coconuts is a great place. Great for Japanese music. Yeah. And you can listen to everything. The guy's pretty nice in there. Uh, so my favorite one in Tokyo is pretty generic. It's H&B Records and. H&V was a legendary landmark in Shibuya Crossing originally. And if you ever saw Shibuya Crossing, it was like one of the major top big signs. And about five years ago, it was bought out by Forever 21. And a lot of people said like, that's the, kind of the downfall of the 90s boom and uh, music in general and the music industry. And this is all dying and people got pretty negative on it. But I was very, very happy. I just stumbled across, I'm usually a pretty big researcher but I didn't find this one online. And I was just walking and I saw H&V Records. And most H&V shops here are just called H&V. They don't specifically say records. And this one said records and that caught my eye. And it looked really small. A lot of H&Vs are very shiny here and 
um, big, like big tower, they're in big towering buildings, and this one was small. And I just walked in, and I just had a great feeling right away, and um, yeah, it was, my spider sense was tingling, as we say, because it was right. And I think that's my favorite record shop in all Japan. Um, mainly, my two genres I like are 90s music from back home, 90s music in Japan, and I love like modern day indie rock too, and hip hop, and they have great selections of all that stuff and uh two listening stations uh it's awesome it's very well labeled all the stuff's in english too so let's say they use like full katakana on an album they'll have like a sticker on there that they'll use like roman characters which for me is very helpful when i'm going through quickly you like that place too right yeah it's a great shop one of my favorites i, I always i can't go there without spending uh, 30 bucks or 40 so bucks yeah I would say the prices there are a little bit high, but they have quality. the discount. They have the discount used bins. They do, they and do, those yeah. those aren't bad. Yeah. They're reasonably priced. Um, not the cheapest place. You're there's right, a, there's a second floor, and we barely ever even make it to the second floor because we just spend all our money on the first floor. I think the second floor is mostly jazz and. This hip hop up there. Oh, is that really? I've never even get to look at See, it. Yeah, I've never been. Yeah. Um, but man, Tokyo's Tokyo's so good for record shopping. Every time I go. I spend a lot of money on food, but the second most is probably on records. Yeah. It, and they're it, so heavy bringing them home. It's incredible. And you'll, it, like I said, if you go to Tokyo and if you go with a week or two weeks or just a couple of days, you won't have enough time to see all of them. So, I mean, if you want to do record shopping in Japan, go to Tokyo. Yeah. Something I like to say, like, I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't into collecting records. And I would say if you live in Japan and you don't really like records, just go walk check out a record shop because the scene there is so unique and so cool and you can just tell us people doing what they love you know um yeah so i just encourage you you're gonna walk by a record shop you can't live in japan and not walk by a record shop just go pop in one and give it a go give it a listen uh, and if you're traveling here for five days and it's not your thing maybe not but if you're longer i think they're worth hitting even sure. if you like music, I mean, yeah, most places, music, almost right? every place that we've talked about has used CDs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you just want to get CDs, you could go check that out, or DVDs. And Japanese music is great. I think there's a lot of people who don't speak Japanese, and they think, like, why am I going to listen to Japanese music if I can't understand it? But, yeah, the music here, go back and listen to our live music episode. I mean, it's great. A lot of small bands that are not exposed, but they're awesome. Yeah, and listen to all the songs that we post in our... Uh, in each episode yeah, so yeah I mean that's that should be yeah the biggest indication of how awesome the music scene is out here I'm gonna be cheesy and say let's hop on this Shinkansen and go to Kansai so in, <laughs> Osa- right. in Osaka this place we know best for record shopping right yeah and uh Shinsaibashi if you have like one stop you're not gonna be in Osaka long go to Shinsaibashi cause that's where the record shops are yeah and I guess um I guess my favorite is King Kong Records in Osaka. Mm. And uh, King Kong Records is famous, and travelers always go there because, I mean, they know about it. Yep. I see um, a lot of foreigners there. Yeah, yeah but, and it's, it's kind of like the way I describe it is if anybody knows Amoeba Records from oh, California or, the, or uh, the, the various locations in the States, yeah. um, Amoeba Records is a huge warehouse, and they just fill it full of records and CDs and DVDs and stuff. Mm. Uh, King Kong is kind of like that. They're lacking in some genres that I think... I've only been to Amoeba once in my life, but they don't, they're modern music. You mean Amoeba records? You're talking about uh, Amoeba? Oh, uh, Amoeba, no. So I think Amoeba has like new releases and stuff still, and 
But King Kong, they don't really do new releases very well. No, King Kong Records is used records. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but even like if you're looking for a used record from five years ago, you're not going to really find it there. Yeah, it depends on the genre. Yeah. I think if you go with um, uh, maybe hip-hop or electronica, you'll find more modern records in there, but sprinkled in. Yeah, you're right. It's mostly older, older records. But um, for jazz or funk, mm-hmm. rock, Shibuya K, yeah, Japanese, Jap- Japanese music is music. great there. Um, the hip hop, they have really good Japanese hip hop there too. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a great place. I think that anybody that comes through and they want a taste of like record shopping in Japan, you you get a, at least a taste of everything in that place. King Kong's big and they carry like books and magazines and really small underground zines and like five dollar used band T-shirts and they have a lot of cool stuff. I remember going there on vacation and just being like, man. Japan is awesome. Like I had this epiphany moment in King Kong Records. Yeah, I love it. They yeah, incense and they got it all. King Kong is great. Uh, how about you? Your favorite in uh, Osaka? Yeah, man. I want to give a shout out to the building, the record store building, where we mentioned Vinyl Chamber before. But this is this old building, and if you go up to the second or third floor, there's about five or six record shops in there. I don't know yeah, how you're going to ever get there on <laughs> no, that description. Well, well, we'll, we'll sh- I'll post, once map. again, I'll okay. post the map. That, that place, I remember we first came upon it together, and we're like, man, we've died and gone to heaven. Like, this is so cool. But we don't end up going back there, mainly because the prices are kind of high in that place. Prices are high. Hours are, are yeah, strange. Weird, yeah, so, like, there's certain days, certain ones will be closed. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they have good curation for the most part, but some of them do the. Some of the record shops in that building do uh, what I call the cardinal sin of record shop owning, and that is not pricing some of your records. Uh, right. And so, if I go into a record shop and I look and it, your, your records aren't priced and there's not a sign indicating the price for all the records, I won't shop there because. Yeah. You played because yeah you take a record to the front and they go mm, they think about it for a second and they go well that one's you know three thousand yen when you know you know in your heart of hearts it's maybe not that that valuable you know so I think I think that uh, yeah that that was a major turnoff that's mm. something that vinyl sorry vinyl chamber but you know <laughs> you, you, you didn't you didn't come through uh, uh, my, my favorite shop is called Flake Records. It's uh, in a place called Horie, which is like the south area of Osaka, southeast. Um, there's a lot of record shops in that area too, right by Shinsabashi. And this one specializes in indie rock. And I feel kind of lame mentioning it because, I don't know, mostly, they mostly carry new records there, but there's no other shop. Very few shops are like that in Kansai where I can walk in and get like what came out in vinyl that week. And it's all up on the wall displayed nicely and you can listen to them all they have like CD tracks you can listen to and preview them and I never feel rushed in there and I've gone in that shop five times I spend about two hours each time and I've never I've only recently bought my first record there and I never felt any pressure by the guy they sell drinks in there they're not that like upcharged so you can like just drink and listen to records and there's a little sitting area there's a little like notepad you can leave notes to people on um, so for me yeah like just modern uh, indie rock or yeah, any kind of modern that's not pop music, they would they would carry there. This is a really small Japanese section. Uh, yeah, Flake Records is, is really really good. Flake is incredible. Yeah, and the curation is great. Mm. The um, I'm not into the, the music, uh, indie music, yeah. qu- quite like you are, but like 
I go in there and I could still spend a half hour looking through stuff mm. because it just the curation is great. Um, the way they display the records are awesome. You know, there are always records that I want to check out. Mm. Um, they even get some older records sometimes, which yeah. I'm surprised about. Yeah, occasionally, but. Uh, yeah, that's a great place. Flake is great. And I, yeah, again, that strong point is there isn't really. I There's not a lot of. New I can't think of any other yet. record shop that would carry the latest releases uh, of cool. It's the most like a record shop in a big city back home that I can think of. Yeah, um, I, I guess if you want like just recent releases and stuff, it, yeah. it, all throughout Japan, if, anywhere where there's a. a um, Jet Set Records yeah, yeah. is usually the one that carries new releases. So Jet Set was the place I was most excited to come to. I like the name for personal reasons, and uh, it just seems cool. Something about it, it's got like a Japanese design aesthetic to it. They carry really rare releases and special releases, and if a band does like a clear vinyl or something, they're definitely the place that's going to carry it. That being said, it's not a very uh, shopper-friendly store. Oh, well, it's very expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. And they're not very nice. Like, one thing that just turns me off is you're only allowed to listen to the records if they cost over a certain amount. And, like, just that whole attitude in general. It's clearly where they're... Yeah, they, they have a about listening money. station, but they won't let you listen to, like, a lot of the... It's got to be over, like, records. 10 bucks yeah. or something like that. Which just shows, like, where their priorities are. And uh, they always have, like, really... I want to like them because like they have cool shirts they have like a and they have cool records a limited release Farside shirt it's like 60 bucks it's just yeah I don't know yeah Jet Set maybe you like it maybe you don't but it's definitely a place you gotta know you see a lot of records uh, made by them if you look at the labels on back it's worth checking out like I said if you want new releases that's probably the place to go there's one of those in Kyoto and there's one in Shimakitazawa in Tokyo as well so we're going to get to our wild card, which is you can choose any other uh, city in Japan. Yeah, but we're both going to choose the same place. Yeah, which is the same place. Yeah, and this so is what we debated actually giving this one away because I think we've had some of our best finds there. And I don't know. It's kind of well known. I guess the way I look at it. it is, yeah, let's give this guy business because he deserves it. Yeah. He has the b- best record shop I think I've been to. Uh, in my time, this is my this favorite. favorite Japan? This is my yeah. favorite record shop. It's probably yeah. my second. I could. I, every time I go there, I think, oh, you know, I already know what the guy has. I'm only going to spend like an hour or something like that. Mm. I always spend two hours in there. Always two hours. This is where you found the major force one. Uh, no. Okay. But um, I found a lot of great records here, yeah. and um, all the other records I bought on my last trip to Kyoto were from this guy. So this shop isn't big, but I think they cover the genres that I like the best. They do have new music, they have indie music, they have electronic, they have hip-hop, they have 90s music, rock, rock music, music, yeah, uh, and for funk, me, yeah, they have funk soul. and soul, and they'll have a, a dollar discount bin, and it's pretty large. 45s, modern, and old. The prices are good. It's got, it hits all those, uh, scratches all the issues, you know. And, and uh, it's not a big place. No. The guy's, the guy's what he does records in that space, are great. Right? Yeah. 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 He's super nice. Like, one time I bought a record, and it was really cheap. And I was kind of curious why, but I didn't really need to ask. Is all right. I'd take the risk for like four bucks, and he like made sure to take it out and like show me like, oh, this is actually like a four, a four disc release, and this is only two of the discs. And another time there was one that was kind of scratched. He was like explaining to me, this is why it's cheap, is because it's scratch. Here's a scratch. Mm. And so he, he like looks out for you too, you know? Yeah. He uh, at first I was a little turned off the first time I went in there, mm. um, and it, it was because they have listening stations. And the first time I went in, I just opened up the records and I started listening. But um, after that, he kept asking us to, like, uh, 
bring the records to him. I've had other places do that as well. Yeah. But now that I know he's cool with that, it's fine because I'll take the, a stack of like a huge stack of records, mm. like twelve to fifteen records, and he'll open them all for me, and he's so happy to give them to me and let me listen to them. So I'll just do all my shopping, and if I think something looks cool, I'll pick it up, and I'll take it to him, and he'll he'll let you open it and listen to it, and he's he's not, you know pretentious about it or, or like weird about it he's always grateful um and the name of the place is art, art rock. rock number one number one it is number one but it's not that rock centric i think that's uh, a good point to end on which is a lot of the genres at japanese record shops are not how we would define them uh, i found some of my favorite hip-hop groups under club music and when I think it, yeah, hip hop's played at clubs, but I don't know. I think that's more electronic, personally. I or, think that's art rock number one thing, though. Oh, there's other shops that I found very off as well. Mint Records, I found off as well. They, there are places, Disc, Disc JJ, which is another one in Osaka. There's a, a couple of those all, all over the place, mm. and um, uh, Disc JJ is also guilty of that. Where yeah. you'll look in a different section and you'll find something. Yeah, maybe it's a language thing or a cultural difference or something. Well, but. I think with used records, these guys get lots of records. And Art Rock seems to be a place where they, they switch them out, like, you know, really quickly. Yeah. And um, I think he just doesn't bother. I think yeah. he just marks them, marks the price, and he says, oh, okay, well, like, Beck would be yeah. played in a club, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. where it's at, or yeah. or the Beastie Boys, or, or Far Side, or something yeah. like that would be a, played in a club, and he sticks it in the club music. Yeah. But um, uh, I think sometimes if a place has that much turn- turnover, that that might happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a common practice because I feel like some places are really good at curating. Um, I think there are a lot of places like Nightbeat Records in Osaka that just all it does is like rock records from the 60s and Northern Soul. And that's like all they do, you yeah. know. Um, and you might find like soul music from the 60s or 50s or something, but... You're not going to find uh, hip-hop records in there, you know? Mm. Um, there's a Rockabilly Records shop that's right next to it, and all they have is, like, stuff from the 60s, you know? Yeah. I guess last, last thing that I feel that we got to get is, like, there's this kind of record shop here, and you just went to one, where they're, like, more of a restaurant or more of a clothing shop, and they'll just kind of have, like, a couple of bins of records. I haven't seen that a whole lot back home, but it's something I see out here. I wouldn't say it's common, but... I've seen at least four or five of these shops that are like clothing stores and I'll just have like 40 vinyls in the corner. Or cafes yeah. with some records, yeah. And that's, that's always kind of cool, I think, just to show that vinyl love, kind of bringing it back to the beginning where we started, you know? Well, I think, yeah, vinyl is such a big deal in Japan and I think it will remain a big deal in Japan. Um, I don't think that's ever going to change. People who consume media, they, they do so feverishly, you know? And I think that... Um, the records are here to stay and it's a part of the Japanese culture it's good for us I think it keeps us here and it keeps us happy here yeah I love it yeah well Well, it's time for the song of the show isn't it it is and there's no band that's better for a Japanese record lover than Cornelius Cornelius well Cornelius is less of a band and more of a a, like a person yeah he's a man (laughs) an ape man yeah Uh, he was really big in the 90s but he's still uh 
He still is contemporary in contemporary music. Yeah. Uh, people might know him from uh, Ghost in the Shell. He did uh, one of the more modern Ghost in the Shell movies, the, yeah. the soundtrack to the movie. Yeah. Um, so if you're into anime, you know, he's had his... Uh, he's dipped his toes in the various types of music. And um, he's mostly known as electronica, I think, now. But um, if you go back to his early stuff, he did. it's kind of like rock slash... Uh, I don't know, lo-fi music or yeah, he got his big break in Flipper's guitar, right? He was Flipper's of, guitar was two his, main members. Was it. a band that he was in, yeah, before. Um, but uh, he's in a group now, Met Five. The Meta Five. The Meta Five. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Meta Five is like uh, a whole bunch of like. Super group, isn't it? It's a super group yeah, because yeah. it's a bunch of members from different. Um, uh, Shibuya KX and uh, Japanese um, rock bands. That being said, some of like my favorite groups are represented there, but I, I don't really like. Personally, I can't get into it. Well, if you want to get into um, Japanese music yeah. and especially Shibuya K, um, Cornelius is a good guy to follow because there's a lot of information about him, and also the people associated with him um, are, usually, are good. usually pretty good. He had a record label called Trattoria Records. Yeah, yeah. And uh, pretty much anything off of, well, I wouldn't say anything, but I'd say a good 60% of the stuff on Trattoria Records is good. Trattoria Records che- checking out. responsible for my vinyl obsession. Like, um, I think the appeal of vinyl is the aesthetic. attention, the detail, and the aesthetic, and get releases that you wouldn't get on any other media, including CD, you know? Uh, there's no such thing as, like... I've never seen heart-shaped uh, mayonnaise-colored CDs before, personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can find a Chitoria record release. And, yeah, his record label, Chitoria, is releasing bonkers releases all the time. Well, yeah, the, the, just everything he did was... Um, I, in some ways, I feel it's kind of wasteful. It's totally wasteful. Like, there, there's some compilations yeah. from the Chitoria uh, label that just have, like way more inserts and a lot more art and a lot more than any other record I've ever seen. Like more money was put into the packaging and yeah. like the production of and the s- audio. Yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. They, they have to um, do special sleeves to put the, the mm. his cases in because like the, the actual record sleeves are just they're boxes sometimes. I don't know. It's yeah. I'm a sucker for it. I'll buy them just because I don't know they're cool to look at and I more times than not, I don't like the songs that are on his Chitoria special releases. That being said, he's got great stuff. Um, I think it's hotly debated between Matt and I, our favorite Cornelius album. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to choose a song that, yeah, I don't know if it's one of his... It's kind of music that I think he's left behind, but like in the 90s, it was really big. And uh, I'm going to go from my favorite album, which... I'm not even actually sure. I think it's called um, 9669 or 6996. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure which one it is. But, um, uh, yeah, my, I love this song called Moonwalk. And it's kind of like, uh, it would be comparable to like something Beck would have done. Mm, he's like, often compared to Beck, isn't he? Yeah, Beck or the Beastie Boys or something. Uh, it's very fuzzy. It's got this like earthy, sample-y feel. And, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, uh, we'll do some house cleaning beforehand, sure. and uh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook at Japan 2.0. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Japan 2.0. Yeah, check out the Instagram, especially for Cornelius. We have a lot of his albums, and I'm 
hoping that we're going to put up some we've been doing like album little 10 second clips on there so I know for me I like the album Phantasma so that's a, it is the mainstream popular one but I want to represent some of the stuff on that album on the Instagram feed so yeah. go there check out more Cornelius if you like what you hear here or Japanese vinyl because we have back catalogs yeah. yeah we definitely have been posting photos and videos short videos of uh, the Japanese vinyl that we've been finding yep so um yeah, please rate us on iTunes or subscribe to us there. Um, we've been having like a hosting issue that we haven't quite resolved yet, but you can keep getting us at all the normal places. We'll be up on YouTube. So if you just found this podcast and you kind of want to like go back and hear the intro episodes and stuff, the best place for you to do that will be on YouTube. And we're hoping to get somewhere better for just audio soon. Yeah, yeah. If uh, who knows? By the time this podcast might yeah, go you out, might have it. yeah, it might be fixed. So check the show notes because just be know most... that we're working on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. This has been an episode. We always say we're going to be short, and I think we always go long. Yeah, because we're just too excited about uh, record shopping. All right. Well, this was Japan 2.0, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,